It's the final earning the push of the year as we take a look back at the tumultuous time that was 2023, which even by the crazy standards of wrestling recently, really does take the biscuit. The matches, the moments, the missteps, the MVPs, all in this episode to wrap up the festive wrestling year. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster. He is Charlie Beckett, professional rugby player. And this is our last one of, I don't even know how to describe this year, Charlie. This has been the single-handedly wildest year of wrestling in the wildest period of wrestling there has been a long time i feel like we keep saying it's not going to get any crazier than this and then wrestling's almost like hold my beer i've got something else coming so surely 2024 can't hold a candle to the mentalness of 2023 but who knows anymore before we get into it, and remember, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on the socials, I'm Jack underscore Merley, and what we're going to do is very roughly do some moments of the year, matches of the year, MVPs of the year, and our predictions for next year. Um, a couple of things just based on the wrestling week and our predictions last week. Bang on for the Miracle on 34th Street Street Fight. We were so proud of ourselves for that. Yeah, Miracle on 34th Street Fight with our truth nailed, tick it off, we're basically booking Raw now. And the other thing is we want to send a little bit of an apology to Kenny Omega, not because we were too harsh on him last week, but we did say what on earth was going on with him in that promo. In the aftermath of that promo, it came out that uh, Kenny Omega has, we believe, diverticulitis, will be written off AEW television for a long time, has a pretty serious medical condition to deal with. Whether that was related to his performance on Dynamite or not is entirely irrelevant. All that matters is he gets well soon. 100%. Um... You can't doubt, I don't think, that it would have been re related. No athlete in any way could perform at their best, whatever they're doing when they're unwell. Uh, I'm just amazed that he was still at, able to be out there doing it when he's obviously so severely unwell. So incredible from him. Almost a bit silly, really. Like, we all, all of us wrestlers understand real world comes before wrestling world. So the main thing is he rests up as long as he takes uh, to get better. I don't care if it takes him one, two, three years. As long as it is, make sure you get better so that if and when you come back, we get the best Kenny Omega and the safest and healthiest Kenny Omega. You do wonder how many ladders Tony Khan walked under and mirrors he smashed because if he thought his year couldn't end in a more trying way to lose Kenny Omega, just very, very difficult for AEW. Right, let's get into it then. This is a look back at 2023. We're going to start with some of the moments of the year just to wet your whistle and remind you some of the things that happened in this year alone. Vince McMahon, having been absent from WWE, returned in January and orchestrates a merger with the UFC. AEW sells out Wembley. WWE tries to nick AEW's broadcast partners. Cody loses at WrestleMania, Edge goes to AEW, CM Punk comes back to WWE, and Gunther breaks the Intercontinental title record, and that is just off the top of our head. That sums up how mad it's been. It's been crazy. It has been just a mental, mental year. I'd add to that as well. WWE have clearly changed their model to going international a lot more. We've seen that this year. Obviously, it started with Clash of the Castle in 2022, but we've seen them obviously go to Puerto Rico this year, back to the UK, They've announced that they're going to Australia and France and um, next year um, and Germany as well. So WWE's whole model, because of the merger, you'd think with UFC and how they do it with TKO, that's completely changed how WWE is going to do business and how they're going to showcase themselves around the world. So this whole year has just been massively mental, I think, when the history books of wrestling are written or when we look back in 5, 10, 15 years on this year, I think, 2023 will go down as a pivotal, pivotal year in the world of wrestling, I think. 
we are going to see a lot of things have happened this year which will change the landscape of this sport, of this industry for a long, long time to come. I think we're only just beginning to see the very first tiny ripples of the stone being dropped in the pond that was the UFC-WWE merger. Just the fact that we end the year with Vince McMahon, and I don't want to see an irrelevancy in wrestling, because clearly he's still a big player in it, but he is not the be-all end-all. When he came back in January, he was the guy running the company. Now he is executive chairman who has to answer to Ari Emanuel, Triple H is in charge of creative, Nick Khan's doing the TV rights, and you sort of have this situation where we end 2024 with, uh, 2023, excuse me, with Vince McMahon being at the periphery, sort of a side player. He's almost like a ceremonial figurehead while the re the actual business is done by other people, which is a crazy thing to say because if anyone knows anything about wrestling, Vince McMahon has basically been a dictator in the most essential sense of he has his finger in every single pie and everything is done by him. Like every single deal was done by him. He was a control freak for WWE and now for him to be, as you say, on the periphery is, is almost unfathomable. It's just bonkers. It's just bonkers. He's, he's not there. He's, he's, he's sort of on the edge of all of this. And I wonder whether one of the stories of 2024 will be Vince McMahon being further marginalised, which is just an insane thing to say. But he's got these ongoing issues outside of wrestling with allegations of sexual misconduct that are being investigated and the way that was dealt with before the merger. One of the big concerns after WrestleMania, sort of around the time this merger was confirmed, was how is it going to affect wrestling fans? How are we going to notice a difference we're about nine months into this experiment. Is WWE better or worse or about the same for having merged with UFC? I think it's better currently because I think we're getting to see it around the world and obviously as an international fan not based in the US, that's a huge, huge win for us. Um, I think the product now, is it because they've merged with UFC? I don't know, but the product this year has just got better and better and better as the year has gone on. Um, so those are the two things that really stick out to me are, are the... We're going to get to see it in Europe more often, so the chance to see it in person. And even just to have pay-per-views on at a nice time of day for us uh, is going to have more often. The product that we're seeing is better. I think it's been interesting to see how much how much we've seen WWE stars out and about at things like at the Big 12 college football game, on the TV shows, doing more things to bring wrestling more into the forefront of people's conscious and that is only a good thing the more people we have watching wrestling the more money there is in wrestling the better the product can be that's how it should go so i think so far i say we're nine months in things can change very quickly so far wwe's merger with ufc i think has only been a success for the wwe i agree i think and there's a long way to go but you 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 think wwe was the behemoth it was the 400 pound gorilla in the room and suddenly it's merged with ufc and they've gone we can add another 200 pounds or something onto this we can make it even bigger speaking of big we can't overlook what AEW did at wembley stadium for, for all the trials and tribulations they have had this year we sat and said god they do well to get thirty thousand into wembley stadium it's pretty undisputed they got 75,000, 78,000 in there you can fiddle with the margins a little bit but they did something astonishing with that yeah, when they announced they were taking Wembley, I was the biggest sceptic out there. I thought, it's too ambitious. I thought they sent us up for fair because even if they get 30,000, which is a huge crowd, it's going to look rubbish at Wembley, especially the fact that the Khan's own Fulham Football Club, Craven Cottage, is there. It's a 30-odd thousand-seater. I thought that was the perfect place. And 
they just blew all expectations out of the water, I think, in what has been a very trying year for AEW in a number of ways. Some of it completely out of their control with the bad luck you spoke about earlier. Other things that were in their control that maybe if you or I were running AEW, we would have done things differently. There have been missteps. But they have had the huge, huge win alongside all that of Wembley is now AEW's UK home. Like I was just I was just talking two minutes ago about WWE going global, coming to London. They're gonna be in England or in Britain every year, I reckon now. Like I don't, I don't see them not maybe not next year because they're doing two in Europe, but I think it would be strange if we go two or three years without seeing them in Britain anymore. The biggest, the most iconic stadium in Britain that they have played before, the ninety two um SummerSlam, they've got a huge load of history of WWE, is Wembley Stadium. They can't really book Wembley Stadium now because it's not theirs anymore for wrestling. AEW've got it. They've got it again next year. That's a huge, huge win for AEW because that will hurt WWE because now you have to either go and find the only other stadium really that can rival it for size we spoke about on previous podcasts is Crow Park over in Ireland. But that's an older stadium. It's maybe not as relevant to wrestling not an easy sell to people to go and visit because it's not as impressive as stadium per se and modern modern sort of um qualification for impressive stage it's got loads of history it's a very cool place so you're then talking about the likes of millennium stadium they've already done the prince palace sorry in cardiff the tottenham stadium all these are great great stadiums but they're not as big as wembley your number of how many people are in there is not going to be as big as AEW's, and that is not to be overlooked for how big a win that is for all elite wrestling and anyone who says, oh, you know, WWE didn't. They they were fine not having Wembley. They wanted the O2. You know, um, if you give a major company who could absolutely fill Wembley the choice of filling it or the choice of not filling it, WWE would have taken it. They just would have. Maybe not this year, but they would have wanted that, particularly as they expand to these stadium shows. And even if it's just a tiny little bit of grit in the Easter, you know it is going to be driving them bananas that, that next year when they're looking at their schedule, they can't have it. Looking back at when they announced Money in the Bank at the O2, etc., I, I can't remember if that was announced before or after All in at Wembley. I don't think, I think it was announced before it. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if WWE essentially bottled booking Wembley and went for the O2 instead, or I wonder if the deal had already been done in secret with AEW. And they had a clause that obviously they couldn't then have a WWE show as well. Because you'd imagine that would be a clause in your contract. You'd be like, we're the only wrestling show here for however many years. So I wonder if WWE at that point wanted to book Wembley. I'm like, ah, oh, we can't. And then went downsized to the O2 because it's easier for them to say, oh, we only wanted to do an arena. If they book another stadium, it's very, very obvious then. Well, you wanted the big one. You couldn't get it. Yeah, it's, it's either a case of... They wanted that lane and found AEW had closed it off, or for some unfathomable reason, they decided that wasn't the lane for them. And AEW went, "We'll nip in here. We'll take it." But I mean, the fact that the UK is getting another stadium show next year, and we don't know what WWE is doing later in the year because I don't think they've announced next year's Rumble, things like that. I mean, there are options for another UK show. Let's not forget at Money in the Bank, John Cena came out and teased WrestleMania London. That was a moment that got everyone buzzing this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, I won't lie. He came out and just said it. But then, again, you can't not have it at Wembley. Like, you can't have WrestleMania and not be doing it at Wembley. Can you imagine so, if they said, WrestleMania, Loftus Road? I'd enjoy WrestleMania. Craven Cottage, we'll stick it to AEW, we'll use your stadium. Um... Yeah, that, that's a moment that I'd forgotten about. That's mental. Like, he was basically like, yeah, next five years, we'll come here for WrestleMania, shall we? 
And that's a marker. You've laid that down. You, you sort of have to have to do that. Now, now, what's interesting is a lot of the moments of the year we're talking about are, are just because of the sort of 365 days it's been, I've been off screen. What is your on-screen moment of the year? Not necessarily match, but we've we've spoken about Cody losing at Mania, Punk coming back to WWE, Adam Copeland jumps to AEW, the Gunther break in the Honky Tonk Man's 455-day record in September. What was your, oh my God, I can't believe I've seen that moment? The two that got me out of my chair watching them sat here in my living room were Punk coming back at War Games because I just... Even though I said I thought it was going to happen on the podcast week before, I didn't really think it was like I didn't didn't really think it was going to happen. So that and the um, Jey Uso and I'm out too when he left the bloodline. That because I just did not see that coming. When Jimmy was out, I, did, I didn't see it coming at all. That was the moment that wasn't a match that got me up out of my chair. I was like, oh, and that's where I've gone. But I've watched that multiple, multiple times because that I think is the best promo segment of the year. And doesn't that show, I know this is pathetic wrestling, geek level 100, but doesn't it show how brilliant a superkick is? Like any other move, I'm out too, it wouldn't have been the same effect as just that bang right to the chin. Yeah, there's something about a superkick. What what are your moments of the year? Punk is going to be hard to beat. Punk is going to be really hard to beat. Adam Copeland going to AEW was a rub your eyes, I can't believe I'm seeing it, even if we knew from the match placement and everything it was probably going to happen. I think Honestly, though, just for the ripples of it, Cody Rhodes losing at WrestleMania, like we forget how much outrage there was. That Because some people, I'm sure, went on their social media before they saw the show and they would have seen Cody sitting disconsolate in the ring as Roman went away with the fireworks going off. It was a guaranteed certainty that Cody was going to win until he didn't. And yet, for many, many people, looking back, it is still the right decision. And for many other people, they still think it's a misstep the WWE shouldn't have done. And I think that's hard to beat. Yeah, I I didn't watch Mania live this year, but I did manage to get to the main event. I, I woke up and watched the main event straight away of the second uh, day, and I managed to watch it unspoiled. And I could not believe it. I genuinely could not believe what I was watching because... I was so sure Cody was winning that. It was the end of the story for Roman. Cody was the perfect story for Cody. I was just like, wow. I was like, that is huge. And I think we spoke on our podcast straight away after. I think we weren't of the thought that we hated it. I think I was probably more okay with it by the time we recorded the news slightly. And then a week later, I think you were, okay, I see where they're going with this. I, if I remember rightly. I know. I, 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 I'm getting old, so my memory's not what it used to be. Oh so my, I? I get back in the head for a living. Both of us, neither of us hated it. Both of us were like, we can see what we're doing. I think both of us were kind of with the caveat that in that moment, I kind of knew I needed it as a main event at Mania next year. Like, as long as that, which it looks like we're going towards. If they, and we still don't know that, if we don't get Cody versus Roman this year, and my God, Cody has to win that. Like, because I keep seeing people saying, oh, a few more hundred days and Roman will beat Hogan's run. No. No, like I don't like Hulk Hogan. I'm not advocating for Hulk Hogan here. But this has to happen for Cody Rhodes. If it doesn't happen this time around, the whole thing becomes a bit of a farce. So I still have it on that caveat. If they don't have Cody win the title this year, then I will go back and say I think it was the wrong thing. But I think that's what we're getting. I think from the moment he lost last year, I think we probably knew that. And I think if 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 we went back and listened, you'd probably find us both saying words to the effect of huge risk, 
if you do it right, you might get a bigger moment. I think I was saying, oh, you could book the Georgia Dome to have him win it after a thousand days or something like that. I think, for me, it's turned out to be the right decision because I think Cody is, is as hot a baby face. They cannot do it again. You're absolutely right. You cannot have us sitting here in our 2024 year-end review code. Well... The next WrestleMania is Cody's time. So those are some of the moments. Remember, you can chip in with yours. Charlie underscore Beckett on the socials. Jack underscore Merley on my socials. Let's do matches of the year. I'm going to throw out a few. Sami Zayn against Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber happened in 2023. Cody against Roman at WrestleMania we've spoken about. Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, your arguably favourite match of the weekend. One of them at WrestleMania. Brian Danielson and MJF had an Iron Man match at AW Revolution that got five and three-quarter stars from Meltzer. Trish Stratus came back, fought Becky Lynch in a cage at Payback. Your matches of the year. My AEW match of the year was that Danielson-MJF, Iron Man, you spoke about. I thought that was just excellent. It may really, really was kind of a sit-up-and-notice-MJF, the wrestler moment. That We all knew how brilliant MJF was as a character, and he'd absolutely be in my conversation for Superstar of the Year. If we're doing that, I think MJF has been brilliant, and I think without him, AEW would have struggled even more this year. I think he has carried that company and his face turn has been a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. So I just want to give him his flowers there. So that's my AEW match of the year. Um, Nothing, obviously, has they didn't have a battleground this year, so that's always a shame that we can't have certified bangers at battlegrounds. Big love and respect to Battleground 2016. Um, But without the obvious winner of a battleground main event, I think my... Match of the year for pure wrestling is that Gunther Sheamus drew triple threat at um, at WrestleMania because there's just three big lads who are really good at wrestling just battering each other 15 minutes. And big expectations for that match as yeah. well. Like it, where everyone was saying this could be match of the weekend and then I think from a wrestling standpoint it probably was. Um, my favourite match of the year for how we got to it and just the feel of it was um, Sammy Roman at Elimination Chamber. I thought that was just sensational. Like, in Montreal, the crowd was going berserk. Berserk in that match. And I think it just shows again, like, my other ones I considered are both uh, Bloodline Saga matches. The Usos versus Roman and Solo at Money in the Bank. And then also the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy at Mania Main Event Night 1. I think it just shows, I say it a lot, we say it a lot in this podcast, you can have all the brilliant wrestling you want, but without some sort of story, it doesn't, doesn't hit the same way. So even the Drew, Gunther, Sheamus triple threat had some story going in of Drew and Sheamus were just best mates who now hate each other because they both wanted to break this, this title reign. So a wrestling match from just a wrestling standpoint is something you can enjoy for pure wrestling, but nothing beats a good wrestling match I'd rather have a three and a half, four star wrestling match with a five star story than a seven star match with no story. And I think that has been more obvious than ever in the last 12 months. And that plays into some of my favourites because it, it it has been an amazing year for wrestling matches, just for great matches. And we could throw in some Ring of Honor matches and some Impact Wrestling matches and New Japan, but that doesn't tend to be where the focus of this pod is. But the point is, you could throw a dart at the wrestling scene and get, get great matches. I want to put MJF and Kenny Omega on collision out there because although the build-up left a lot to be desired, that match with McGuinness, JR, Shivani on the call, those two athletes being incredible, I thought that was great. 
I never thought I would have Bad Bunny as my match of the year. However, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest at Backlash in Puerto Rico is a match I will go back and watch time and time again for the crowd, the atmosphere, the build, the hometown hero. I find it hard to think of anything that can knock that off the top for me. That was such a brilliant event show and moment. That one, like when you had the LWO, you had Carlito make his run in. That ends nothing, nothing this year in any medium, anywhere is cooler than Bad Bunny entering the main event of a WWE pay-per-view in his hometown to his own music. You don't you don't top that. That was I that you know on Twitter X, whatever it's called, on Instagram, it'll come up sometimes like wrestling clips. Some you'll scroll past and you always watch. Whenever his entrance pops up in my timeline, I'll take the minute and twenty that it is to watch it because it just gives you goosebumps every time. Like that whole crowd to a single person are screaming that music as he comes in. It's lightning in a bottle. If wrestling is what what makes you feel like, I want to be there. I want to be part of this. Like, oh man, I've got the goosebumps on my arm standing up. That is hard to beat. Like I, that pay per view goes right up there, and it wasn't like a meaningful pay per view. We were saying at the time we didn't even have the bloodline on it. It didn't. But the crowd and that match alone just made it spectacular. I also want to throw in Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, just for great campy storyline development. Forget the serial endorsement all round the ring, which I think we can live without. That was an amazing match. It was, and again, it was storyline. Ray was so desperate to not have to fight his son. And then, in the end, was left no choice. And the pop, when I saw, again, I saw that recently on, um, there's been a lot of threads of moments of the year going on recently, I've watched them all. That pop, when Ray finally breaks and smacks Dominic, is up there with the biggest of the year. The crowd went berserk for that. It was just bananas. And I want to say as well, because we love ourselves a bit of Trish Stratus on this podcast, mm. this has probably been the year where Hall of Famers come back and just kick ass, and they're yeah. not a novelty. And Trish, who I think celebrated, I'm not sure what birthday, but a birthday recently, had no reason to come back, turn heel, and feud with Becky Lynch. But she helped carry the women's division through the summer and early autumn and had a great match with Becky at payback, that was a four-star match, if not higher, and Trish just just loving it. Yeah, she had no reason, and she absolutely had no right to be as good as she was after that long out from a full-time run, and she was just excellent. I think it's been a really great year for the women's division in WWE. Like you've seen some new stars come to the fore. Obviously, the return of uh, the likes of Kyrie Sane and things like that make a big, big difference. Um, I think the women's division is probably in the healthiest state it's been for a long time. Rhea Ripley is one of the biggest superstars in wrestling. Full stop at the moment so I think the women's vision is a great place and as you say we saw legends come back and be used in what what we perceive to be the correct way they endorse the product they stick around for a few months like John Cena's run yes I know it happened because the actor's strike was on I know that's why it happened but you can see how much he loves being back and he knows he's not got many more runs of four to eight weeks left in him in WWE because he's so sought after in Hollywood you could see he was loving every second. You look at what he did. He was tagging with, putting over so many new stars. Like, LA Knight was on the way up, but he got the John Cena endorsement. That's huge. So it's great to see the wrestlers coming back and maybe a little bit of a change in the last three or four or five years. And maybe it's them or maybe it's who's booking them. I don't know. But you don't see legends coming back now just to put themselves over more. They kind of understand their legacy, their pedigree is there. 
and they're trying to help make the next legends. It's great to see. And I wonder if part of this is, is to go back to what we were talking about earlier, the UFC Endeavour link. Ari Emanuel is the most powerful person in entertainment, Tinseltown, Hollywood, call it what you will. The Rock coming back to SmackDown, which was one of the moments of the year for me, even if it was just a throwaway promo segment, we all loved that. Does he come back to WWE if it's WWE alone? Possibly, maybe, probably, because he's a company guy. But when Ari Emanuel is the boss of this new organisation, you think maybe that helps sweeten the deal a little bit. Was was there a match this year that didn't quite meet your expectations? Because I think... I think for me, some of Roman Reigns' matches this year, it's maybe the year that the formula for Roman has at points just clunked a little bit. Yeah, I would say post Money in the Bank. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something. I think the bloodline has really... Tell- I almost don't feel like there's a bloodline story anymore. There is now Roman and Solo and Jimmy are there. Like I know they were... I, I enjoyed they tried to do something on SmackDown last week with the tribal prince and Solo being the next heir to the chiefdom and that sort of thing and trying to give me some story again. But I'm not really interested in the bloodline per se anymore. I am interested in Roman when he turns back up as much as I hate that I am. He's like the X you can't shake. I want to be like, no, you've abandoned us, go away. But oh, you're back and you're great and it's interesting. You're a very heterosexual man, but let's be honest, if Roman turned up at your door and said, I'm sorry, Charlie, in he'd come. Yeah, I'd marry Roman. (laughs) Happily, happily. Um, So... Yeah, I think we've kind of seen, not the downfall of the bloodline, but definitely the 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 WWE is not reliant on the bloodline anymore. Like you look at that, I think mid twenty twenty two up until WrestleMania twenty twenty three, every event was main evented by the bloodline. Everything was bloodline. You could really you could not watch the rest of Raw and SmackDown and just watch the bloodline and not be missing much. That isn't the case anymore. And that's a good thing. It's seen the rise of so many other brilliant stories in WWE now. But you do have to bring it back to it somehow for the Cody Roman stuff to make sense. And I think you, for me, you focus on Cody and Roman, not Cody versus the Bloodline. Yeah, I I think that the Bloodline was the best thing in wrestling for three years. I think this is was always the danger in the way you book the Cody finish at WrestleMania that you could get it to, to the next mess of WrestleMania, but it would be huffing and puffing just a little bit as it got towards the finish line. Um, MVPs of the year then, who has stood out head and shoulders above others as needing a bit of recognition in this calendar year? I'm going to throw some names out there. Tiffany Stratton, MVP, uh, MJF, excuse me, I knew that would happen. Uh, Dominic Mysterio and the Judgment Day for me are some of the names in there. What about for you? Yeah, I, I agree with all of them. I think you can't ignore Seth Rollins and just how much he's wrestled, just how much he's wrestled and how he had a tough ask making that championship feel important. It was presented as, we have got this because Roman's not around, which is just a ridiculous reason to have a title. I think in the six months or so he's had it, I think he's done a brilliant job at making that feel relevant. I think he was the perfect man to be the first champion. So I want to... Uh, yeah, a moment for Seth Rollins. I think, like you say, I think the whole Judgment Day, but I think Damian Priest has elevated himself beyond recognition this year. And we're talking a lot about um, Seth Punk, Roman Cody. They're still send your money in the bank in the background somewhere. I don't know where or how or when he cashes in, but when he does, he absolutely deserves that title. And that's going to feel like a, 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 a the phrase cash-in we've earned. Sometimes you get your cash-ins very, very quickly and it's like, oh, okay. 
this is this has almost been we've got the meat we've marinated it we've let it sit for a while when this cash in happens it is going to feel like Damien Priest is a top tier player absolutely I think he has elevated himself since that backlash main event incredibly the other man who has elevated himself beyond recognition is Jey Uso he's gone from being a a player in the bloodline to one of the hottest baby faces in WWE and you can't sit here and think he won't be a world champion in the future or some sort of single champion in the future. You can't ignore Gunther. He's just been ungodly, unworldly good. Um, if you haven't seen his match with Miz this week, it's not for the faint-hearted. He genuinely just... The only way to describe it is he physically abuses and just tears apart the Miz this week. And then the Miz was was a fair play to the Miz, who at this stage in his tenure could just be hosting everything. And the Miz has got, you know, I've got some game, and I can I can do strong style. Let's have it. It, it, it was I couldn't believe what I was watching. There's also the bit where he chops the post Gunther, and I don't know how he does that without really without really hurting his hand, like properly hurting his hand. So word for Gunther, but the you also sorry you can't ignore Cody Rhodes either. I think he's wrestled the most out of anyone in WWE. Brilliant, but. I'm saying this because I think it's a pretty easy one. I don't think anyone has been better both at elevating themselves or being better. Oh, sorry, before I say it, Rhea Ripley's sensational as well. But Dominic Mysterio, I just think he's been incredible. I don't think we've seen a heel like him who has, I don't like you, Heat. Not go away, Heat. Not we think you're rubbish, we don't think you're good at wrestling. Like, like when Jinder Mahal used to get booed. It's not that sort of booing. It is just visceral. We hate your character booing and it's not easy to do because now disliking the heel is cool oh kevin owens he's a cool roman reigns we we don't like him but he's cool no dominic's not cool he's just a prick like he's just and that's my that's my pg swearing for this podcast i have plenty of other words for him off air and he's so so good at it and then he bags it up with he's actually a very 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 good wrestler but we don't see too much at the moment because he's just a slimiest little weasel in the world and so good. And so I think it's a actually a very easy one. I think it, they, there's rumours in this week that he's just signed a new five-year deal with WWE and it's so, so well-deserved. It's hard to be a heel when, with respect to him, he's not that big, he's not that jacked, he's not someone who will be able to generate heat by his mic skills alone, and yet the it's almost like the sum of Dominic Mysterio is greater than the parts and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way he brings all these things together where you'd sort of say he's 7 out of 10 out of this 7 out of 10 out of that 7 out of 10 of the other and you put them all together and you have this 10 out of 10 package yeah he also has one of the most beloved surnames in wrestling like it's not easy to be Rey Mysterio's son and everyone hate you and it's not like it's easy to get a bit of cheap heat of turning on Rey but that would have lasted mania a little bit after like that would have fizzled out very, very quickly, that heat, if he hadn't built on it. And he's just been incredible. And I can't miss what Dominic Mysterio is doing on Raw. I can't not watch it. And that's the biggest, biggest um, compliment I can give someone. I was all set to be Dominic Mysterio as my MVP. Jey Uso I didn't even think about, but I think there's a really strong argument where, where if someone said, actually, it's Jey Uso, you could go, yeah, yeah I absolutely buy that. I'm going to throw another name out there. CM Punk is surely the MVP of the year. They launch a television show based on him. Yeah. It's how you it's how you define MVP. So MVP is most valuable player. Yes, value-wise, he is probably the most valuable player. 
it is used, isn't it, in sports as the best player, like the 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 best player of the season. He's not that, but yes, he's the most valuable, and he's shown that through what's happened since he's come to WWE. And like you say, he had a whole show made for him in AEW. He he is he may be the master of of playing a bad hand well, yes. like. I've right. I've fallen out with half the M- the EVPs at this company. Well, you're just going to make another show for me, Tony. All right, you're going to fire me. Okay, I'll go back to your competitors who I walked out of ten years ago, and I'm going to get them to pay me a bucket load of money, and I'm going to boost their ratings, and I'm going to be re- main event in WrestleMania. Hard not to say that CM Punk is is the master manipulator in real life of wrestling, and more power to him. You know what? If you could do all those things and come away with it, we'd both be doing the same. I can't argue with that. Okay, predictions for 2024 as we look to wrap this one up. What does WWE look like next year? What are we talking about? I think there are some big new TV deals. Yep. Um, You hear rumours, don't you, of potentially moving Raw from Monday night. I'd hate that. Raw is Monday night. SmackDown moves around. Everyone knows that. Raw is Monday night. I think... I think NXT either does next year or it's now going to go on the road. I think with its new TV deal, I think it's a... I think the popularity of it is enough again now, and they have found this formula now of having your big stars go down there without detracting from the product that I think we see NXT go on the road. I think we discussed WrestleMania 40 as one of the all-timers up there with 17, 28, 30, 31. I think it's in that echelon of WrestleMania. I think it's going to be unbelievable WrestleMania 40. I think, I don't know if they end the year as champions, but I think both Cody and Punk leave Mania with the two world titles. And aside from that, I don't know. I think we get the start, possibly at the tail end of next year, of a mega babyface run for Roman Reigns. Yeah. Or we do Reigns against The Rock next year. We either turn Roman Reigns after losing the title at WrestleMania or we bring in Dwayne Johnson and he's the next big thing. But I think we see some pretty significant developments in the Roman Reigns character. I do think we see Monday Night Raw go to WBD. I think that happens. I think we see that change take place. And I think that we see Dominic Mysterio against Rhea Ripley. I think we see that. Even if we just see it teased, I'm going to say, you have Battleground 2016 is your thing. Yeah, My thing is we're going to see that. I can't say I wouldn't want to see it. I just don't know if it happens in the modern day. I mean, if it was the Attitude Era, it would have happened three times already. Here's the other thing I think we see. I think we see uh, NXT go on the road, and I think we see NXT become a legitimate third brand. I think you yeah. and I suddenly next year are spending a lot more time talking about NXT. I think it gets... It's there's a degree to which it's got its buzz back already. I think it gets it fully all the way back next year. And I think we see the breakout years of Carmelo Hayes, who we're already seeing on SmackDown in the US title tournament. And I think they pull the trigger on Bron Breaker. Yeah. I think we're going to see Bron Breaker go on a tear in the Royal Rumble. That I could see him coming in at one and being there in the last four. Like he's the one person I haven't thought about really, but I could see him being there at the end. And I think that's going to catapult him to superstardom. And you know what? I've thought about this a lot. You could see Bron Breaker being the man to break Gun- to take the title off Gunther. Something like that. Like, there you go. There's your next star. Like, make him, make him significant like that. So, but yeah, I think those two make the step up. But I don't think we see them fizzle around in the undercard of 
main of the main roster, like we've seen with so many people who come up from NXT, I think we see those two come up and be main event players in the main roster very quickly. Another thing I'm going to throw back in, I think Mercedes Monet comes back to WWE. I think that's my prediction. Yeah. AEW, what are they looking like this time next year? They can't have as bad a look as this year. They cannot have as bad a look. They just can't. Um, I hope we have Adam Cole back fit and healthy and well. Um, I don't think MJF will have the title this time next year, but I don't know who takes it from him right now because I don't think there's anyone except Cole who I would. Um, I hope that they continue with what they've done in the last quarter of this year. It seems like since All In, it seems like they've tried a little bit to do more long-term storytelling. And that is, I said at the start of this podcast, give me more story and less wrestling in my matches. And that's what I want. I want to see more of that from AW. I just, I hope that Tony Khan goes and finds the right, people to help him because you see interviews you do at the moment like it seems like he takes it all on himself and no one in any business can do that and Tony Khan is so good at so many things he's so many he's so much better at me than me at so many things I don't believe that booking wrestling shows is one of Tony Khan's biggest strengths I think he has a million strengths but I don't think that is one of them I think he needs to hopefully realize that and go and get the help he needs because AEW absolutely is a success still and can be a great, great success and great player. But I think you'd be hard pushed to find any wrestling fan who doesn't say this has been a tough year for AEW. And yes, they sold out Wembley, but that aside, every other statistic that you would rate AEW by has gone downwards this year. They are trending in a downwards fashion, which we don't want because I like AEW. I enjoy watching good AEW shows. And when AEW is better, it makes WWE better and vice versa. So I want there to be a good and strong AEW. I think Tony Khan has to go and find the people to help him do that. So that's what I hope for AW in 2024. Completely agree. I, I I think their TV situation may become more difficult. I don't want it to, but I think it will. I think they'll face some pretty significant challenges that hopefully will force Tony Khan to reevaluate, as you say, what he does well, what he doesn't do quite as well, where, as we all can, he may need a little bit of help. I hope it's a year that he focuses on AEW and puts Ring of Honor out of its misery. I, I just think that needs to happen. And I hope it's a year where we are, at the end of 2024, as excited about AEW as we were a couple of years back. I hope it gets its swagger back, basically, is what I want. What, what I want is come next March, April, May times, be like, I have to get tickets for All In. Like, I have to, because right now I don't have to. And that is that's probably the biggest worry for me is that AEW is coming to Wembley again at the end of next summer and right now I'm like oh, I'll probably watch it on the telly which is a mad thing for me to say yeah and I a wrestling show and you went and you loved it this year and I you was, haven't tickets yet have you nope and I'd do the same I think as things stand at the moment I loved it greatest experience of wrestling in my life beyond Clash at the Castle just was sensational won't take it I wouldn't take it personally that I was at one of them it was, it was Clash at the Castle but that's fine I still, would, I still wouldn't go back just because it's not it's it's not it's not what it was. It can get there, but it's not what it was. And if WWE announced a show in England and tickets went to sell tomorrow, would you be in the queue for them? Hundred percent. And that and that's it right now. I think is we'll always prefer one to the other. Like you can't like that's life. You have a favorite thing out of two things. But I'm so much more excited by WWE right now that if they announced they were playing Tottenham Hotspur Stage, playing they were doing a show and the tickets went on sale in an hour. I'd clear my day to be sat at this laptop in an hour to get tickets. 
if AEW did that, I'm like, you, you've got to get them in an hour. I'm like, I'll just watch it on telly. And I, I, that wouldn't have been the case a year ago. So I really, really want AEW to reignite that fire in me. That I, if they come, when they're in England, I can't miss them. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's the way that uh, our predictions are looking. What about you? You can let us know. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on the socials. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Um, we're not going to do an earning the push and back to developmental unless you're something you really want to get off your chest. No, I do because I've been waiting all week for this. This is where I rant. I hate wrapping Christmas presents. I hate it, hate it, hate it with every morsel of my being. And I've got to go after this. And for the next few hours, I'll be wrapping stupid Christmas presents for the stupid friends and family that I stupidly love. So I don't like it. I don't want to do it, and that is our rant. I also want to say, because I thought, I thought we were doing uh, the push and back development days, I highly prepared. Um, on a more serious note, uh, thank you all so much for listening again this year. It's mad, I think, that you listen to me. It, it makes sense that you listen to Jack, but it's mad that you listen to my stupid ramblings and mentalness. So thank you very much. I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas New Year. And my other push is going to be Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm a big Christmas guy. I know Christmas can be really tough for a lot of people for a number of reasons. So if you are one of the people who doesn't like Christmas or who is going to be a tough Christmas for whatever reason, just sending you a big old hug and lots of Christmas wishes. And if that is you, just distract yourself. Go and watch some great wrestling. I agree. You can do Christmas however you want to do it. But yeah, have a lovely Christmas, everyone. I thank you for listening all year again. It is just one day. If it, if it And it's a day... Stick on a load of wrestling. I think that's a great idea. Get yourself your favourite food, stick on a load of wrestling, and just enjoy yourself that way, whatever you're doing. So, look, um, we are going to be back in the new year. Uh, we'll kick off uh, after a little Christmas break. We'll have World's End to talk about from AEW. We'll have some more Rumble entrance as well. Who knows what will happen? But for Charlie, he summed it up better than I ever could. And for myself, Jack Murley, thank you for being with us not only this week, but all of 2023. And we will see you in 2024. Enjoy your time until then. And from him and from me, bye bye. 